podcast listeners. This is Scott Bernstein, and welcome to episode 87 of the Jambase podcast, a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network, your place for music, podcasts, and more. This episode features an interview with Dispatch's Chadwick Stokes and Brad Corgan. Dispatch recently released Break Our Fall, their eighth studio album, which is available now wherever you purchase or stream music. Before we get into the interview, there's lots of tour dates that were announced over the past few weeks. For instance, not only did Fish guitarist Tranastasio confirm the first Tab tour since the pandemic began, he also revealed the Tranastasio band's new bassist. Trey named Desron Douglas to replace founding member Tony Markellis, who sadly passed away earlier this year. Anastasio wrote a note that reads, and I quote, I'm thrilled to welcome the incredible Desron Douglas to TAB. A longtime friend and collaborator of virtually every member of the band, Desron is a master of reggae, funk, and jazz bass. Russ, Ray, Desron, and I had some deep jams in the city recently, and Desron's playing is pure flow, heart, spirit, and soul. We all can't wait to get out on the road together. Thank you, Desron. Welcome to the band. See you all soon. Well, that's what Trey had to say, and I've seen Desron play a number of times, mostly with the Jennifer Hartswick band, and he's a beast. He's an incredible musician, and I think it was an inspired choice. Tab kicks off their 2021 tour on September 17th in Portland, Maine, and then the tour hits Boston, New Haven, Philadelphia, Charlottesville, three cities in North Carolina, Columbus, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C., before the run concludes with two nights at New York City's Radio City Music Hall on October 2nd and 3rd. Additionally, Little Feet will embark on the By Request Tour. Billy Strings expanded the head- his headlining tour into December. Ween announced dates in November and December. Twiddle confirmed an extensive fall tour. And Moe detailed both fall and winter dates. And that was just what was announced on Tuesday. Other recent tour announcements came from Phoebe Bridgers, Krungbin, Government Mule, Jason Isbell, Tank and the Bangas, Turquoise, Talk, Lake Street Dive, and The Tallest Man on Earth, among others. Now, as for festivals, Summer Camp recently expanded its 2021 lineup. Bonnaroo organizers made a few changes as a couple of bands pulled out and a couple of bands have been added. And we now know the Adirondack Independence Music Festival's 2021 lineup. Head to jambase.com for more details and be sure to use the website and Jambase's iOS app to track your favorite artists. It's going to be more and more important as every band, it seems, is returning to the road. Alrighty, now it's just about time to hear my chat with Dispatch. I spoke with Chad and Brad through a video chat, and we had a wonderful conversation. We talked about a variety of topics, starting with how they made Break Our Fall in Stinson Beach, California, literally the month before the pandemic started and everything got locked down. Chad and Brad are located in different parts of the country, which made things tough during the start of the pandemic, as it was only recently that they were able to perform together after making an album that they're so proud of, and deservedly so. While they still haven't played in front of a live in-person audience, that will come this fall, 
when they embark on an acoustic fall tour. This Dispatch guy spoke about what fans can expect from the tour, which songs they're most excited to play, whether they still enjoy singing the classic The General, their relationship with former member Pete Francis, and much more. Let's listen to a bit of my favorite Break Our Fall track, The Legend of Connie Hawkins, and the interview with Brad Corrigan and Chad Stokes of Dispatch. I'm pleased to be joined by Dispatches, Chadwick Stokes and, and Brad Corgan. Uh, how's it going, guys? We're doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. pretty good. Uh, right before we started recording, we were um, certainly Brad and I were talking about how hot it is in our respective neck necks of the woods. Um, I'm, I'm in New York City. Uh, Brad, where are uh, you located right now? I'm in Post Falls, Idaho, way up north. Okay. Where and it is never hot, and yeah. yet it is hot. <laughs> and, and Chad, you're, where, where are you? I'm in Martha's Vineyard. Okay. And and how is the temperature there right now? At least you got the water right by It's quite you. nice. Yeah. You got a nice breeze, and it's... Um, oh, stop it. It's definitely a little <laughs> it's alarmingly hot, you know, relatively. Uh, so it is like a... This looks like a definitely a nationwide heat wave. Um, and Brad's just, you know, moving from Denver, which is probably boiling yes. right now, right? Yeah, but it was on our day when it was 108, they were like in the high 70s and they had gotten a week of rain. So, I mean, they're Jealous. coming through. It's just wild, man. Yeah. Such a such a funky thing for the moment. It's no scary. Doubt. And uh, so you guys released uh, Break Our Fall back in May, which was kind of a, a long time coming. Um, can we take our listeners through the process of making your eighth studio album and what came before its release? Uh, like, for instance, did you start with demos? Yeah, we we that's our process now is a little different than it used to be. In the last four or five years, we've been we've been more intentional about the recording process. And so we started with demos. We flew them all around to, to us and the, our team. And, um, and then we picked, uh, well, I, I, <laughs> then we picked them all. No, not quite. <laughs> sort of. we, <laughs> we have to get better at that. Um, but we, we, um, you know, we, and then we went to Stinson. We went back to Stinson Beach, uh, north of San Francisco, where we've been the last three records. Met up with our, our producers, John Dragonetti and Mike Zawitzki, and started 
started it was right before covid hit this is in february so we snuck it in our timing now can super, i can i just uh, uh sorry to inter- interject but you're talking about stinson beach and that's the panoramic house is that yeah. correct what is yeah. it about that studio that that you guys like so much that you've come back there again and again i think it's a combination of like you know the the guy that owns it has the most incredible collection of analog gear and everything just feels like um, the best old school equipment and the, you know, the best of kind of new technology. But then you're also just like this amazing found object museum spaceship. I mean, literally this, (laughs) this house was built one piece of reclaimed wood at a time, one funky stone at a time, the guy that built it, you can kind of feel his heart and soul in the way that he collected things and built this funky castle. But I mean, out the back, you have trees and out the front, you've got the ocean. It's just one of the most beautiful Stinson and that part of uh, Northern California. That's about as beautiful and inspiring a place as there is. And then to imagine a recording studio where you sleep there and record there and walk out the door mm-hmm. and you're hiking or, you know, heading down to surf is just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's old, like <clears throat> there's old missile silos Whoa. around that, uh, you know, we've done a little exploring and then there's uh, I think he, he started building a doomsday uh, bomb shelter that, that, where the opening to the shelter and this tunnel, it, it's a tunnel to nowhere, but there's this big iron door in the console room that you can like crawl down to where the bomb shelter was going to be. And sometimes you use that as a reverb. Uh, yeah, reverb chamber. Oh, very yeah. cool. Um, so it's got, and I think with, with, we've been pretty East Coast, you know, leaning heavy on the East Coast throughout our career of recording and whatnot. And I, and I think Brad was like, Brad from Denver, um, you know, was like, can we please do something on the West Coast? Please think my way. It was due. It was due. Yeah. And then Dragonetti was like, oh, I've got a studio I've always wanted to try out. So it was really cool that through, you know, our production team, they had a, a lead on this fabled place. And talk talk about um, John John from the submarines and and Mike from the eels. Uh, what what role did they they have? Were they did they co produce this album? Yeah, they, they are. I mean, they're producers uh-huh. in one moment, you know, and trying to be completely objective, weighing in on anything from the demos to the tone of the guitar. I mean, they 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 have a really great kind of granular sense of how to get amazing sounds, but they're also willing to kind of jump in and be part of the band. I mean, they, John Dragonetti played most of the bass on the record and our last two records. And then Mike plays everything else. And Mike is so fast with editing and the way he moves through. I mean, he's literally going faster than we are. And we're constantly trying to just for the for the sake of not getting too precious on any particular track. I mean, it's nice to just be like, Hey, let me do another. Hey, let me do another. So there Mike's brain, Mike's brain moves at a, oh, I think it's, it's like, it must be the, like the kind of where like great athletes, they're playing the game and everything's slower to them. 
Sure. You know, it must be like that for Sawitsky when he's with like, everything's just super, everyone else is moving super slow. So if he just moving at regular speed, it seems really fast to us. (laughs) (laughs) And who else played on the album? Um, We had occasionally we'll, after Brad and I leave, um, you know, there'll be places, songs that call for B3 organ or some horns Sometimes I I grew up playing the trombone, so sometimes I'll do that. Um, and Some then we flute, yeah. And flute, the guy who played the the, the from Anchorman, that that famous flute scene, the guy who actually plays the flute for that film is is the flautist. Yes, for our for one of our tracks. Um, uh, so, so we have some auxiliary ringers uh, come in if the song asks for it. And then we have um, our bandmates, our uh, JR and Matt Embry uh, sing, sing on it as well. Okay. And then Ray Zaragoza, she came in and sang on Promised Land and White Buff sang on uh, All This Time. Yeah. How was it working with White Buffalo? We love him. He was great. I've told, I told this a couple of times, but he, you know, he threw, he, he, uh, he did his bit and we listened to it and, and we just, we loved it. And, and I think he thought he was going to be kind of like tucked back in the mix just to give it some balls. Sure. And uh, <laughs> it's instead he's like, you know, we kind of like pushed it way to the forefront and, and even like edited something he did in the in the middle and used it again at the end. And so when he listened to it, he's like, he's like, damn, you guys really, really used the shit out of my <laughs> I said, hell yeah, we did. And then, uh, but then he did say, he did say, you know, he got chills listening to it. And, and I was joking with him, you know, did you get chills listening to yourself? Or... <laughs> He's awesome. He's so much fun. And, um, you know, we're such big fans of his and, and we've been friends for, for a long time now. So it was great. It was great just to have a song that where we was like, what, what, what's the song need to take it over the top kind of thing. And, and it, and it's, I, I just am dreaming of that moment because it's, it's not going to happen very often because he's touring or whatever, but we're in the same place and he comes in halfway through the song. So like we're just playing the song normally, and then like he walks out halfway through, and it's just gonna. I mean, oh, be even just for us, you know, the, I think the fans will be psyched, but just for us, we'll just—it's like all of a sudden we're we're gonna be a different animal. All this time, the time is speeding. It's hard to recognize the life we're leaving. It's time to trip the light of the evening. Go now. And in this land, there's shade and shadow We break bread and consecrate the battle Now I'm feeling kind of faint I think I need to lay down Oh, you almost saved me So you, did you finish at the Panoramic House before the pandemic started? Or did you have to leave there because the pandemic was starting? No, thankfully we had, we had booked that month probably in the fall, I guess, of 2018. Am I off by a year? I can never remember. Yeah, it was February, 2020 is when you recorded. Okay. So fall of 19, uh, we had booked it and, you know, Chad and I had probably 12 or 13 days. Uh, Chad's got three kiddos and 
my wife was pregnant at the time. I now have one. And so we were just literally, we have such a limited window of time and part. And that's what makes it so awesome to work with drags and saws is that we have such a good shorthand from recording the last two records with them and being comfortable at Stinson that we feel like we get about twice as much work done. Um, so when we left Stinson, we had no idea really what was going on in the world. Just a little bit of rumored stuff on the news. Sure. But that was probably a 10 or 11 song batch at that point. And because of the, the big COVID break and Chad working on Martha's Vineyard and me working in a studio in Denver, we went back into those 10 or 11 and then also resurrected the other four and finished those to have the full uh, 15 songs done. So the album would have been different had the pandemic not happened. You could say that pretty. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty fair, fair point. Um, and- I think Chad and I feel like it may have been. Chatty, didn't you say at one point you sort of felt like it was three quarters cooked? I mean, <laughs> we we knew that we had done it and we were stoked on it. But when we when we got the first round of rough mixes, I think we were like, that's just not quite it. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, what our, our relationship with John and Saws, our producers is interesting because, because Sawitzki is also in the band, but we, you know, we're together for the third time doing our third record together. So we're really, uh, reaching for that. You know, we don't want to, we love our experience. You know, I think, um, I still kind of think America location 12 is, was like a seminal album for us as we kind of returned with this in a new way. Um, and, uh, but we didn't want to keep re- recreating that. And so we were pushing each other at, in song selection and the sounds that we're using. And when you're doing that, it's, and, and you're not together, you know, we do that while we're together, but then we, we, there was, there was this like, um, you know, there was this time where we were trying, where we, we were finishing, but we couldn't be together anymore. And then that got really difficult because then everyone, we were kind of going down our own routes. Sure. And, and that goes with Brad and I, but also with John and Saws. And so we all had to like, it was hard to, it was hard to, to reel each other in and, and you know, would it would have been so easy if we were all in the same room. Yeah. Finish it. But it ended up being this kind of long and sometimes hard process um, of saying to, and Brad and I said it to each other. And we also said it to John and Saws, like this, that this direction in this song, is just not the right direction. Um, so we needed to kind of peel, peel stuff back and see where the essence of each song was. And you came up with an interesting way of releasing the material. Can you tell us about uh, the decision to release it in phases at first? It's very kind of you to say interesting. Most people just say confusing way of <laughs> releasing the material. Well, it was um, nice to we, get new music. I'll tell yeah, you that. We just couldn't. I mean, the idea of sitting on that album for two years and then also going through a time that was just uh, wreaking havoc, I think, with with all of us. So much anxiety and fear and isolation and you know, music has been a really healing thing. I think for, uh, those of us that are, that make music, I think we know the therapy that comes from it. We know what, uh, 
what strength can come from it. And the idea of sitting on all those songs was didn't feel right. But we also were like, well, we can't release the whole record and not go on tour. So we were talking about the five phases of change, essentially, or moving from brokenness or sadness or anger kind of through the or grief all the way through to a place where you feel um, empowered. You feel like kind of a catharsis that you've made it through and you're on the other side and there's hope. And I think so many of the themes in the, the 15 songs, I mean, it, there's a whole lot of <clears throat> kind of universal social justice uh, ingredients in a lot of the songs. And some are really angry and some I think are aspirational and have a little bit more hope in them. And so we thought, all right, well, we, we could do five individual phases of these three songs and kind of have a theme against them. And in a perfect world, we're going to release them. Everybody's going to anticipate the next phase. It's going to feel like this, you know, the continuity is going to be amazing. And instead, I think we confused the shit out of everybody, even, <laughs> even us. We have people that are like, so you're doing five EPs? Or, wow, I heard three different singles of yours on Apple Music. And then Spotify and Apple don't really like, yeah. they don't organize the songs in the same way. And so our fans were having trouble finding them. My wife was so pissed. She's like, I have to hit play seven individual times to listen to these songs. Why are they not one thing that we can shuffle? So we had some, we had some good laughs and then reorganized and said, let's just release the whole record. And how did you go? What was the process in terms of um, sequencing the album? It was, it was probably our, our easiest sequencing. Uh, and I, and I think we enjoy yeah. the sequencing, but it is, but it is, it, it does uh, lend itself to, at least in the past, it's been difficult, um, you know, uh, and, and I think this time around, because of the phaseology, we were able to, it was kind of okay. obvious, it was almost like they just laid out in front of each other and then um, we kind of grouped them together in those phases. And once we did that, I don't know, Brad, it was so, it was, probably our smoothest, you know, we definitely had some bumps along the way with this record, but the sequencing was, was not one of them downright smooth. <laughs> yeah, I dare say. And how did you go about, um, keeping besides releasing the music, um, keeping the connection with, with dispatch fans over the, um, pandemic? Well, any way that we could, uh, I honestly, I was like, wow, this is the best possible use of social media. Now it's not anti-social media and putting your head down. Now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in the garage. I have 15 minutes. I go on to, you know, Instagram live and just crave. So I'm watching the names come through and feeling some level of connection and, I was actually up in Idaho with my wife and and her parents and I went out onto a dock and probably played, I bet I played every single song that I know how to play and just recorded either in a garage or on the dock, just recorded songs to just post them and not, not overthink anything. There's no strategy. There's no, sure. do you do one a week? Do you do three a day? It's just like, in order to feel like I am alive and contributing something and connecting with somebody, 
I want to put this stuff out into the universe. And the hardest part for Chad and I, I think, is that it would have been so amazing if we lived in proximity to each other to, you know, every couple of weeks meet outside and sit eight feet apart and, and, and sing together and play music and record those videos. But instead we did the split screen thing, which was fun. And I mean, it totally worked, but man, what my first trip in 16 months was heading back to Martha's Vineyards about a month ago to be with Chad and our friend Ryan and to be in the room with them in person and to sing with Chad in person and make music again was just like going from black and white to color. It was incredible. What was the first thing you played? Shadow, what it, I think it might have been born on Earth. The old oak tree watches us like we were bees, just splitting and frittering in the golden. Everybody knows we all died yesterday, and the day after that, we were born. Born to a dark heaven on the plague by man's greed and sorrow. Sorrow and hurt Born also to the beauty of tomorrow Leading us back to the dirt I just watched some of the video for the first time from that uh, thing. Have you seen it yet, Bradley? I haven't. <laughs> it's super funny. But Born on Earth, we hadn't played, we hadn't played any uh we hadn't played any of these songs like in front of anyone at, at all. And nor, so with these songs have basically just been recorded, never been played live. Um, so we were kind of playing these songs live for the first time. And I was super relieved as we played them that, you know, we could do them and they sounded good acoustic. And so I, I think one, one of the, one of the first things we, we did is we laid down on a dock here and we played a song called one by one, you know, which we'd never played together before um and we'd recorded it you know but that's a different process and so it's just neat to to be there and to just uh it was kind of surreal just like here we are and, and and how what a relief it was to to you know be able to sing and have have brad you know a couple feet away yeah it's pretty wild too it really does make it feel like time like music is in a different place i mean two two-ish years from the time that we recorded to you know being in martha's vineyard singing together and it literally was just like holding your breath i mean i felt like okay now exhale sing the songs and we're right back where we were but still knowing there's been this really wild two years of twists and turns and waiting and all kinds of stuff but to test the songs and sing together like break our fall we'd never sung that together not even in the studio you did your layers i did my layers we built the the bigness of the track but we'd never kind of tested it acoustic which i think is our favorite way to test any song to see how it holds up with one guitar and our voices and maybe you know a bucket to beat on but it was it was it was so good to return to that, but also feel like, oh, shit, we can sing these. There's a vibe. There's energy yeah. in, in playing them together. 
And I think that um, transitions nicely to this fall. You guys are starting back on the road with an acoustic tour. And is what you're saying about the 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 bareness and the the, the basics of this the, the songs and your voices coming together is that why you decided to start with an acoustic tour yeah yeah, yeah. go I for it Charlie. yeah i like i really like we've done that in the past where we have gotten together with the band to rehearse for an acoustic tour and it's such a nice way to rehearse the tunes and to and to rehearse, especially rehearse new songs so that we, it's like we're not in a, you know, sometimes in the, you know, we'll be in the barn and we're all plugged in and we'll have earplugs in and, you know, and it's just like slamming away. But I, I really like the idea of getting to know these songs with the whole band outside of the recording studio uh, acoustic, because then by then when we go electric, we just. It's just it feels like the right order. You know, we can really get sure. to know them. We can really just sit around, sit around in a, in a circle. I love that. You know, Brad, when we were re- rehearsing for one of the acoustic tours, and we're just sitting around in a circle in the upper part of that barn in Sherburne, and it's and it's just like it's just you know, pretty magical. Yeah, we're close to each other. We can hear everything, and it's just a great way to, great way to to, you know, the vocals are always been very important to dispatch. So it really kind of puts the the onus on the vocals and and then we can we can go from there and will the rest of the touring band join you for the acoustic shows yeah jr will be there matt and mike excellent and have you started putting together any thoughts for what you're going to be playing so far kind of i bet i bet six or eight of the new uh ah let's let's let come on let's say 10 i bet 10 okay. out of the 15 new songs will be in the quiver and you know if the the challenge for us will be like i mean golly location 12 location 13 and break our fall i mean that's got to be about 40 songs and then we've got you know 40 or 50 other songs yeah. And I wonder with an acoustic set, I mean, Chad and I, it's, it's a joke. I think it only matters to Chad and I, but we've spent so much time day of trying to craft a perfect set and then realize that it's almost the same set that we did the night before, <laughs> but on an acoustic show, sometimes you don't stretch songs out as readily. Sometimes you do. I mean, like songs can go a long way, you know, like, uh, in a really rootsy way, but I wonder if we'll cover more territory because we're playing acoustic. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. And are there songs from Break Our Fall that stand out that you're particularly excited to play during this tour? Yeah. All this time, I mean, just all this time to me is like everything. I think it's the most, I love the arrangement. I love the feel of it, but what we sing, like lyrically what we sing and how we sing it to me, that's just like, that's the rudder. Sure. Yeah. And I I think we were, um, like Brad was saying about the song, the song break our fall really felt like, Oh, this is something we can really lean into and really, um, 
kind of kind of let the emotion of the song take over. Uh, and so I, I, that, that feels really exciting and it feels exciting to do, you know, I always love that, that, uh, you know, you'll hear it acoustic and then, and then it's almost like, I'd like to see a video of the first half an acoustic of this fall tour. And then halfway through the song, it cuts to next up the following summer tour where it's yeah. Fully like electric, well, you know, just like just just chugging electric and just and and how it's the same song, but can be so, you know, can be can be can be treated so differently. But uh, I think that that song is uh, I'm glad it's nice. We named the album. Uh, uh, it's nice that that song works because it's also the name of the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really, even though it, it might be the most challenging to to reduce to an acoustic, uh, the legend of Connie Hawkins. I can't wait. I mean, that song vocally is such a journey and the storytelling is so yeah. like to be able to like linger on every word and then try to sing our asses off on those big parts. Like that, yes. that's going to be pretty, yeah. pretty transparent. Yeah. 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 That's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, it's now been uh, 23 years since The General was released. Uh, does that song still resonate for you guys? Isn't that an OAR song? Luckily, you know, I don't let me know if I'm speaking, uh, if I'm not speaking for you, but but um, I think we've talked about this before. And luckily, you know, our, it, actually, it looks like on, on Spotify, only the Wild Ones is about to eclipse the general. Wow. On, in streaming, which is hard to believe. But, you know, the general, luckily, the song, our most popular song, the general, is, um, has a, you know, has a message, has a very clear message to it. I think that. Uh, that message of peace and trying to stand in someone else's shoes and trying to understand your enemy. Um, that's something that, that, you know, um, uh, you know, Brad and I have not got tired of that sentiment as it, as it remains relevant. Sure. Yeah. I have to say, I'm, I'm so grateful that of all the songs, it would be so hard to like Chad and I and our bandmates never want to like, uh, have to manufacture, you know, a smile and pretend like we're enjoying playing a song. We're so fortunate that we still feel connected to the vast majority of our songs and that we're continuing to try to see them evolve. But tragically, the general is timeless. Yeah. I mean, the, the history of violence in the world. And I mean, it's never, it's like, it's grown in, uh, Mean. And importance and significance and gravity, I think, for Chad and I to realize that, you know, our dads and grandparents and great grandparents 
like were drafted or knew people who were drafted. They went to war or they knew people that went to war and we haven't, we haven't had to go, but we, we see so much violence and we witness so much violence and there's just nothing more profound, I think, than, you know, a, a, a battle cry that is about peace and a, and a song that is about like, there's gotta be another way. So it's still a thrill to, sing it and it just kicks ass so so fun to have a huge crowd of people taking over and singing a chorus i mean that will that will never get old he said Last question for you guys, and I really appreciate the, the, the time that you've spent. Um, have you kept in touch at all with um, your fellow, your co-founding member, Pete Francis, at all during the pandemic? Yeah. yeah. We've, we've texted probably two or three times in the last six or so months. And I mean, we really did start as brothers and we're trying to remain that way. And um Pete just released some new songs uh, last month and they sound great. And we are super uh, stoked for him and, you know, just proud of him for doing what he's doing. He's making incredible music. He's an awesome dad and husband. And, you know, he's, he's battling a pretty intense disease with mental illness. So um, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Um, and it took a while before we were able to kind of be back in touch, but we're still, we're still building back toward it. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been so courageous in, in being, you know, sharing his struggles and uh, you know, not with, not just with us, of course, but with the fan base and, you know, reaching out to reaching out in a way that would comfort others who are going through it. Cause we're, we all go through, we all go through our own struggles and, and Pete really has had uh, a very steep uh, hill to climb the last, you know, 15 years. Um, but he's got such a sweet heart and his, and, and it's just an amazing soul. And, you know, as for as long as we play in dispatch, he'll always be that he will always be a huge part of the soul of dispatch. I'm glad to hear that. And and I've got to agree as, as somebody that struggles with depression from time to time as well. Um, the, the more that people um, talk about it, the less of a stigma it has. So, yeah. you know, in that, I certainly appreciate how forward Pete was yeah. and, and continues to be yeah, with that. Absolutely. 
Well, on a more, much more positive note, uh, I'm excited to uh, to catch you guys this fall, and uh, I can only imagine how excited you'll be at that uh, first show back, and uh, with with the fans getting to hear this new material that's been so long in the making and sing along with the classics. So, again, thank you both so much for for your time and. Um, and uh, break break your fall is is available on all streaming services and available for purchase through uh, dispatchmusic.com. Thanks so much, Scott. We really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed talking. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Do you know what you just did? the end of this episode of the Jam Base Podcast. We're continuing to crank out new installments on a weekly basis for the time being, and I can't recommend our recent episodes highly enough. If you haven't listened to our chats with Allison Russell or Revolution's Eric Rachmani or the Mountain Goat's John Darneal, among others, what are you waiting for? Thanks to Chad and Brad from Dispatch for taking the time to talk with me, and be sure to pick up Break Our Fall. Jake Alexander produced this episode with the theme music provided by Clangin' and Bangin'. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and go see live music.